0: All right, good evening. This is uh, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. I'm sitting across from Alicia Freeman, uh, from her family and friends. She's known as Tweet, and she probably has several other nicknames that we're not aware of. But uh, this is the uh, very first installment of a series uh, entitled um, Your Story, Um, She's going to be my sort of, I want to say guinea pig,
1: uh,
0: testing this out and see how it goes. Uh, The basis of this is basically giving you as an audience an opportunity to tune in on -on one-on-one interactions with people and their history. And Alicia, whom I've known for a couple of years now, was telling me about an event that she has coming up next week. Um, Well, first of all, I'd like for Alicia Freeman to go ahead and introduce herself if she could.
2: Yes, I'm Alicia Patrick Freeman. That's my adopted name. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm working with a nonprofit organization called Together We Rise. And within this, I've been able to share my own story because I was once one of those children. Yeah. And now I'm having an event next Saturday, May 6th, at the Columbia County Amphitheater for a tie party. For those who want to support and be a part of Together We Rise, I will be having that event for the community.
0: And if you all have any other questions as far as date times, uh, let me know and let her know. I will tag her name under the post as well as myself. And is there a website for the event or anything? Well, I do
2: have a flyer that I I keep posted so I can get that sent out and everything too. But I can give the information about Together We Rise. They have a website as well. Okay.
0: And, um... But yeah, any other questions? This uh, inbox us on Facebook, and I will provide other information as far as Facebook, Instagram, or even if she has right. t- Twitter account, yeah. And we'll just go from there. But uh, we're going to jump right into the interview. Um, I wanted to first just initially ask you, like yeah. the onset, like what, because it's a typical question, like what mm-hmm. is your story? Because I've I've heard bits and pieces, yeah, and it's funny because most of us have this preconception that a certain person is a certain way once they've been through that system. Right. But there are no remnants of that. Because I personally know you as a very intelligent, very insightful person. I'm like, I would have never known. Yeah. And to know that you have contact with several other people mm-hmm. who you do consider your family And right. and an extension of it as well. So my first question will be, who is... Alicia Freeman? Like, why, who, what, what was the onset of your life as far as you can remember?
2: Um, I guess as I go back, I would say that Alicia Freeman, well, I'll say Alicia Hatcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia Hatcher um, wasn't, I'm, well, I wasn't who I am today. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Um, my life was a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, with the family, well, with my biological family, the way I was raised, I would say that Alicia Freeman became, once I was first into the foster care home of Ernestine Freeman. Mm-hmm. That's when I became Alicia Freeman. That's when I became a new person. That's when my life started. Mm-hmm. Um, at a very young age, I went into the foster care system. So I was like, I think my first time in foster care, I was eight. And I'm the oldest of all my siblings. I have 10 siblings. Well, nine siblings. I'm, the, wow. I'm number one of 10. <laughs> so I, was, I wasn't used to being around children who were my age and me being able to partake in that. Are these are biological siblings? These my biological siblings. Oh, wow. I'm used to being on the end of taking care of others. Yeah. And being that support for others without having that support for myself. So, I guess Alicia Freeman came whenever I learned to be strong for myself. Mm -hmm. And my parents, my adoptive parents, helped me establish who I am. So, Hmm.
0: You think that responsibility came as being a part of being the oldest?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I would say that it does. It depends on the home, too. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the parents. I was in a single-parent home. And, I mean, my mom, she had several dealings with different men, not like... Like that, but she was in relationships. she was young. my mom was only forty, so she she had me at a young age, and not saying that she didn't know the ropes on what to do, I had my grandmother, and I'm still in strong contact with my grandmother, like my grandmother was the person that took care of us outside of my mom and um but I would just say that responsibility does come and it ends up being the oldest or the middle child. Nine times out of ten because you're picking up responsibility from someone who does not know.
0: Yeah.
2: And you're kind of growing and learning together. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's hurting the child versus, you know, helping. Mm-hmm. Establishes responsibility and, you know, you just grow up fast and you miss out on your childhood. So that's how I wasn't able to get a childhood until I was 12.
0: I know um, being the youngest, it, you, you have a different perspective of things. That's why I sympathize with <laughs> I can meet someone that's my age, like my girlfriend, like um, Adrian. Mm-hmm. She's the oldest, but I'm the youngest. So our mindsets are different when it comes mm-hmm. to siblings, like the way she looks at her siblings. They're grown women, mm-hmm. but she still has that sort of like motherly it's role. It's like, yes. And yeah. my
2: sisters, like, they kind of get upset with me, and I'm just like, I, I try to be on their level sometimes but it is humanly impossible because I'm just like I guess I watched my mom and I was trying hard not to be that Yeah. and I don't want them to be that and it Mm. scares me because yeah they're one of my sisters 20 and I have a 17 year old sister they Mm. all look older than me Mm -hmm. so I look like a kid so they don't like to you know they don't want to take me serious because I do fuss I don't try to fuss but at the same time I've been where you are I'm just trying to show you, but it's all in, I guess, learning. Oh, <laughs> learning. Yeah. As you for yourself. So, But it's hard, because so they see it totally different than what I do. <laughs> but after, you know, after mm-hmm. things have happened, then they'll be like, oh yeah, you were right. Like my mom told me I would do. That's how it is.
0: <laughs> so the, because I'm curious about, and I'm pretty certain everybody else is, like the, the actual adoption, the Adoption system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: being a part of that, and based off what you experienced, do you, would you have like a negative experience, or positive, or what? What were the pros and cons of it, if anything?
2: I would say I'm, I'm on the fence about it mm-hmm. because it can go either way. I'm not for the system, but sometimes I do believe that it does create a better opportunity for kids, as mm-hmm. in like for myself. It created a better opportunity for me. But it was no assistance to me. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah I was. The pros of it for me was. I was able to have a childhood. I was actually within a family. Where you know I was accepted. And I wasn't having. To be dependent on. I had people that I could depend on. Yeah. And. But most of the time the system doesn't listen. Like they don't listen to children. Mm-hmm. And I talked to like. When I was working at Stanton, I talked to one of the doctors. He was going through uh, a custody battle with his granddaughter. And I kept telling him, I was just like, you know, it's one thing to be on the, uh, the outside looking in. But whenever you can't sit down and talk to a child and get their opinion and ask them, because we know. We knew. Like, we knew everything that was going on. We had a voice. And with the adoption system, foster care, period, you don't have a voice. It's all about what the state says or what the bylaws or the rules are for the agency. Like you become a number. It's just like going to jail. Like what's the difference? Yeah. You seriously become a number. You're no longer a real person to them. You're just trying, they're just trying to place you somewhere where you're in more of a stable environment, which sometimes is still bad because they don't look into each home. Mm And I'll tell you some stuff that happened with my siblings. And, um, I just, it was horrible. Like, I remember the day, because I have two siblings that I haven't seen in 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've been adopted for 13, and I haven't seen them in 12. So, my um, the day that we got adopted, I got adopted August 8th, August 11th, something like that. Twelve August 12th. I got adopted right. August 12th, 2005. Um, that was, like, my birthday gift to me. I was I had just started eighth grade in Thompson. Mm-hmm. And um my daughter and mom had actually talked to my mom and asked her not to do it. And she was just like, Yeah, those are your oldest kids at the time. It was only six of us. She had only had six kids. Yeah. But she was pregnant with number seven. Mm-hmm. And um we were sitting in you're you're there. Like, you're in the courtroom. They don't take you out, they don't, you know, to keep you from the emotional Part of it is, like, at the end of the day, they don't care. So we're sitting there. Me and my um, siblings are right there behind my mom. She's up there with, you know, the guardian of Adam or whoever they had working her case and the caseworkers. And they was just like, you know, are you going to keep your rights or are you going to give them away? And she stood up there crying, of course, and she was just like, I can't do it. And I watched my mother give her rights up. To us, And I was the only one that could completely understand it because all my siblings are, well, I'm 24 and my brother is 22. Mm. And he, like, he understands, like, and I know that it has affected us in a negative way, you know, as mm. we've gotten older. But, yeah, um, I watched her give her rights up. And right after that, my last visit with them was seeing us walk out of the courtroom together. That was it. Mm. And my siblings stay in Augusta.
0: And you haven't seen them. Mm-mm.
2: I don't know what they look like. I know what they look like when they were little, but yeah. I'm pretty sure you know you would be able to know who they are and stuff. But I haven't seen them. And you know what's so horrible about the system, which I can't can't necessarily blame them, but it's one thing to keep the kids away from the biological mother mm-hmm. because you're trying to protect them.
0: Yeah. But that's
2: another thing when you strip that, you know, that opportunity. For me to watch my siblings grow.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, they stripped that from me. Because they tell you that you can't, um, you seriously, they have the right to cut all ties. They make that choice. They they changed my brother's name. But while they were in foster care, my brother and sister were um, abused in a home that was, I guess, deemed to be okay. To live in and... They said that the... I guess the foster parents were fit to be a foster parent. It was a single parent home. Mm -hmm. And... My brother has to go through psychological counseling. At Augusta University. And I worked there for years. And he would come and... I had one opportunity to meet him. But... Because my biological mom was trying to get involved. They cut it off.
0: So still to this day Mm you still haven't...
2: To this day. And... He is about to be, in September he will be 15, and in October my sister will be 16. So I was just like, yeah, the system, they don't do anything besides, yeah, they try to protect you. But at the end of the day, they don't care. Like, when you throw kids into a group home, you're asking for those kids to grow up and to not have any type of guidance because they don't have that. You're forcing them to be in a in a building space where they're sharing rooms with 20 kids. Yeah. They don't know. They don't have anything that personally belongs to them. They don't have anything that they can call theirs. Like they don't even know themselves. And a lot of them are teenagers like 16 and 17 years old who don't have a way. And the mm-hmm. system don't provide you with anything. My mom provided us with information as in like for college and all that stuff. Like the system didn't offer us anything once we got about it. Yeah, you get a check, but (laughs) that gets cut off as soon as you graduate high school. You get no other assistance after that. See, I just like it's that's why I just stay on the fence. I don't I know a lot of people say, Well, it's a better opportunity for some but at the end of the day. You have to if they had people to actually listen to the kids that have been in foster care and adoption to know how it affected them. The system would be totally different.
0: So what's the uh, the cutoff age as far as need? adoption? Yeah.
2: Um. It depends on the agency. Um. Cause you know technically you can emancipate yourself. If you emancipate yourself, you're not in the system anymore. You're deemed to be your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I know. I know kids. My sister got adopted when she was she was almost fifteen. One of my adopted sisters. Mm-hmm. But um, at eighteen, you can't get adopted. That's it.
0: So what do they? What's the next step after that?
2: After adoption.
0: Well, after once you turn eighteen, like what do they? They put you in another facility, or do they view you as uh, an adult? That you're you, on you're a,
2: basically viewed as an adult, and you go on your way.
0: To. To wear though? It just...
2: You have to... That's why it's always... It depends on if you have someone that can, you know, pick you up. As in, like, you have that person there to be your support system. That person is guiding you. If you don't have that, a lot of them end up pregnant and in jail. It's bad. A lot of people say that, you know... And I guess black communities, you see a lot of, um, like, a lot of us going to jail and a lot of us being pregnant. It's not just black communities. Mm-hmm. It's worse in foster care. Like, from the, I guess, from, like, United States, I just put it as United States, and then you got the foster community, foster doctor community. Mm-hmm. You have, like, 58% of us go to jail. Versus who goes to jail out of a regular population
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: Dang. Then you have like 47% who are pregnant before 19 mm-hmm. But and a lot most of them have been in the foster care system like you see people I remember walking us out I don't know. If have you ever heard of swank over by Siri Center?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they have a place in there and I was in there shopping with one of my friends and something came up about adoption. And I was just like, yeah, I'm adopted. I've been adopted since I was 12. Yeah. And the girl at the registry was just like, yeah, I got adopted as a baby. Like, I've been adopted since birth. The girl next to her was like, I got adopted at five. And then the the customer beside me said, I'm, I'm in the process of adopting a child. So it's just like, you never know, you know, who's yeah. been in the system and who's been affected by the system because... We don't have a face. You mm-hmm. don't have a face. You just... You just grow from it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can do.
0: Have you noticed the difference in... Percentage and ethnicity? Like, the different treatments that certain kids will have based on their race?
2: Yeah, in the foster care system. Yeah. <laughs> it's something, like... It's real. Like, it's real. Most of the time, like, you'll see... I've I've even seen caseworkers Be nasty To young kids Who who have no control Over their situation whatsoever Mm -hmm. But because that child Was black And because that caseworker Did not care for that family They personally Told foster Like foster parents Oh no you don't want this child This child this This child has this many problems Like a five-year-old like who are you to place a label on a five-year-old innocent child who has nothing to do with her situation mm-hmm. but yeah they they will block opportunities for a black child versus making many present for you know yeah. whites or yeah that is it's, it's strong and it's real it's like I'll make a way for you to get a scholarship. I'll tell you about everything that, you know, since you've been in foster care, since you were adopted, the opportunities that you can have after you graduate high school. I'll make sure you know all this information. But over here, if y'all got it, hmm. depends on your caseworker. It depends on your relationship with your parents. And that's why I give my parents the most credit because without them, none of us, like, My mom has gotten awards in the community because mainly all her kids that she has fostered graduated high school. Mainly all of us have went to college or attempted college. Like, all of us have done something. Like, I give my brother praise because my brother just graduated from UNCC with his master's. Uh And he is her oldest adopted child. And he really, like, you know, you look at our parents and our parents are successful. And everybody can't say that. So,
0: what can you personally say about your mom that she's done very well that you wish other parents who do choose to adopt would do?
2: Teach us to be independent. Oh, yeah. And because a lot of kids in the foster care system, you know, they're searching. Yeah. Because I searched. And I went through counseling and all that, but I searched. And... um Because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to believe. I didn't know how to feel. And I had issues. Like, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I didn't. But my mom, she uplifted me. If every foster home or any adopted parent was able to provide to a child just support and a listening ear, the way that my parents did,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: it makes a difference in the next step that child takes. It makes a difference. It makes them feel like they're wanted. It makes them feel like they have a voice. Like, I can go to I can go to my mom and I can talk to my mom and tell her about my issues. And she'll be able to provide me with information that will help me get through it. Yeah. But I love that my mom taught me, in like, independency. Because versus when I stayed at home with my biological mom, mm. I didn't have anybody to teach me that. I was used to trying to depend on somebody. Although I was... Nine years old, trying to take care of siblings. When most of the time, like I'm trying to make sure they eat if I don't eat.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah, I had that strong mind, but at the same time, I was still weak. I didn't know, but my mama taught me, you be independent, you do what you have to do, and you don't you don't give up on yourself. Like, you go, you can do anything. She made me believe that I was invincible.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> I realized that. um what a lot of modern mothers that's what they teach because they do grow old. you're being raised in a single household mm-hmm. especially North, predominantly black mm-hmm. and it's becoming um, a little bit too frequent but I'm realizing that most women become the way that they are because it's circumstantial like you have no choice like right. if you were grew up in a different environment if you were needy mm-hmm. then there would be have to, there have to be somebody there to fill that void and say hey, you need this or so I'll supply it with you right But in your circumstance, you really didn't have a choice.
2: I didn't have a choice. And I don't think... It's kind of like... With my adopted mom, I was given the upper hand slightly. Because nothing was ever given to us. She made us work for everything. And that's what taught us a lot, too. Like, you don't... (laughs) What she always told us, you don't deserve anything.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, as an adult, I still have to remember that. Because... I'll fall like I I fall off sometimes. Like she introduced me to God. Yeah. Not saying that my biological mom didn't, you know, try to take us to church and stuff, but she introduced me to the real meaning of who He is and you know what He is to me and who He can be in my life. Mm-hmm. And that would be like one of the number one things that I can take from my adoption that it structured me to be more on a spiritual path and that, that, like that helps a lot because not only are you able to talk to your mom or your parents mm-hmm. or your psychologist or psychiatrist, but you're able to talk to God. Yeah. And the only way that I was able to cope is right. Mm-hmm. I used to want to be a singer so bad. Like <laughs> that used to want to, I, that was my dream. I've applied. I'm not applied. I've tried out for um, American Idol. I've tried out for the voice. Like I've tried out for many things mm-hmm. and, um, it's just not my fitting. Yeah, I sing. I enjoy it. But I was always in the church doing it. Yeah. And then I tried to venture out. And <laughs> not supposed to. <laughs> so, but I don't know. It's just.
0: It's, it's funny today say because um, I remember in high school, I started writing a specific way. Mm-hmm. And it got me in trouble. And ever since, I never wrote like that again. Mm-hmm. And it's when you 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 have you, you have this gift that he gave you, and once you get in tune with who and what he is, you begin to learn. I was given this to represent him. Right. So when you do, like you say, you do enough practicing it in that setting, it's so much easier. It's so much easier. And it's it's joyful because it's like your your way of personal praise. Mm-hmm. And um, I was surprised because. At um Antoine's wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd never heard you sing before.
1: Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> and when I heard you I was like, wow. Never never, never knew.
2: Yeah.
0: And um and he posted some videos as well, some old videos along mm-hmm. you singing. Yeah, I have
2: some on YouTube too. <laughs> trying to have me a little YouTube channel. I was, <laughs> I was trying it up. But do yeah. you
0: but do you think have you ever utilized that? In reference to, like, your past, like, do you... Is that tied to your singing in any way as far as writing or anything? Yeah, or it,
2: um... Music is my... My freedom. Mm-hmm. As in, like, I say if I'm going through something or I'm having a day. Music, I love music. Because it, it clears my mind. Kind of like when I bake, it's... I can. I'm just focused onto that. Like I, I don't never have to hear anybody speak on a track or anything. Like all I have to hear is the instrumental, and mm-hmm. it's just soothing to me. But I like to write. I write in journals. Yeah. I have journals for days, like <laughs> at home, because it gives me a way to express myself without having to express myself to others. Like mm-hmm. I can speak my mind in a way that I understand me, and a way for me to clear my mind instead of you know. React like retaliating on somebody else yeah. so um, it's just a space of freedom for me like I love it like my my professor keeps asking me why I won't be an English major I was like because no <laughs> didn't say I wanted to take it there <laughs> he's really been trying to persuade me but I don't I don't want to be an English major I just love to write it's just I guess like a personal
0: a hobby little thing so, yeah I'm well, going back to when you said um your mom told you um, nobody owes you anything. Right. At any point, did you feel, due to the system, did you feel victimized at any point? And that, was there anything that you held on your shoulder? Because I was, I was watching a show once and a mm-hmm. woman, she's a life coach. I forgot mm-hmm. her name. But she was telling the husband, you need to stop victimizing yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: because he was adopted. Yeah. And he held on to that for a very long time. And it was causing a hindrance in his family yeah relationships
2: yeah I um, yeah I recently I say I've gotten better Mm
1: -hmm.
2: not that I thought that the system owed me anything but I thought my mom did yeah I was upset with her because I was the oldest child and I guess what bothered me the most was being the oldest and knowing that you know you and your those are your only siblings like you give us up and you turn around and have more kids. How am I supposed to get past that? That was my thing so you know.
0: so you all weren't the set. there was an additional,
2: yeah, my mom had four of the kids after we left oh
0: so where are they with her or mm-hmm. are they, oh, wow,
2: so I had a hard time with that mm-hmm. and I mean, I've had talks with her. I would say that I mean I could say that I've forgiven her. But Mm -hmm. I'll never forget.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll always remember what you did to me. But I'm not. I try my hardest not to hold grudges. Mm -hmm. Because how is that truly freeing myself from pain? So I was. I don't know. I felt for the longest that she owed me my childhood. I I got to experience childhood as a preteen. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I got to enjoy going on trips and not missing out on trips with the school, I was like I was bullied when I was little. Like because I didn't have the best clothes, the best shoes, because my hair wasn't done. Like I was an ugly child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm gonna be honest. Like I was I was an ugly child as I look back like as yeah you to me I felt like she owed me everything. And I only grew to know who I was you know, even now, I'm still growing to know who I am, and I, I grow every day, find out something new about myself. But my parents, my adopted parents, gave me that. I just say, it's like creating a whole new identity.
0: Yeah.
2: And you try to forget the old one, but that's part of me. And it kind of helped create, you know, the stepping stones of what I had to go through. To be where I am and who I am today, like it gave me that mindset that I have to push regardless. So, I just it's like it's an emotional thing. Yeah. I don't cry about it anymore, <laughs> like I used to. Mm-hmm. But I really did feel like she owed me everything, and my mom told me I needed to pray and ask for forgiveness of myself for being almost selfish. Yeah. Because no, she could not. Which is a, I I give her that she made a brave move. If any mother. I say can give up all of the kids that they have at that moment to try to provide a better opportunity for them. I commend them, mm-hmm. but for those who try to take away from them is I, I i can't stand that like I can't stand when parents will allow a child or like when people say the whole pro life or a pro choice thing mm-hmm. i don't i mean i don't, I won't say that I don't necessarily agree with it, but I just feel like you can't determine what a situation is going to be because you don't plan life. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, like, you could be completely prepared, not that anybody's ever prepared to bring a child into this world. Mm -hmm. But who's to say that the second that 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 child gets here, that nothing won't fall apart, that you won't be able to provide for that child the way that you thought you were. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of... That's kind of what happened. Like, my mom was young, so... No, she could not provide for me. (laughs) My grandma was doing the providing. Because my mom was still in high school. But... You know, you kind of just... You just take it. You just learn to take it. And... Just move with it. Yeah. You don't know what's going to take you, but you just move. (laughs) And that's all I know how to do. Like... With everything. But... If I look back, I, I won't say that she owes me now, nothing right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's in this moment. I mean, when I'm in my feelings. <laughs> no. But as for uh, my childhood, because it's something I can't get back. Yeah. I can't get that back.
0: Now, in reference to, um, you mentioned your biological mom. What about your, your dad, your father? Have you ever had contact with him? Are you still, have you ever had the opportunity to know him? Yeah,
2: or? I know him. But the amazing thing about that is, I'm his only child. And yeah. like literally his only child. And he's little, He's a few years, maybe a couple of years older than my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll call him. I'll talk to him. But I, I've kind of become nonchalant to it. Because when you first go into foster care, they reach out to your family first.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Nobody wanted us. Not even your dad? Mm -mm. He didn't even show. The most embarrassing part about it is they put your information in the paper. I can go to the library in Warrington. I'm sure you know where they keep documents. Yeah. Yeah, and I can pull my file. where The the newspaper back in 2005 (laughs) stating about us being adopted with our full name.
0: That pro like that standard.
2: That's what they do. They put you in the paper. They advertise you.
0: What's the is that for people who possibly what I don't. Yeah, it's that.
2: a it's a way for them to reach out. Okay.
0: To, uh well, but
2: I don't agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> you're seriously advertising a child to go to a home, but, but they reach out to your uh, biological family and the excuses from my family was. Oh, I don't have the room. I can't afford it right now. I can't do this. I can't do that. But we all had to be split. Like my mom adopted. One of my brothers got adopted in the home with me. Mm-hmm. She always tried to kind of keep a sibling close. Yeah. Because I don't know. You know my sister Valerie, right? <laughs> Freeman. Uh uh-uh. uh. But you know Jamar. Jamar. Morgan. You know them from school, <laughs> Antoinette. <laughs> I don't know. Morgan. Oh, Oh,
0: you're talking about producer.
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah. His his grandma is my my adopted mom. I
0: thought that was your cousin.
2: Mm-mm, that's my nephew. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's my nephew. Oh. But they're more like siblings. Well, yeah, they're yeah. more like siblings, but technically he's my nephew. Um, his mom know. is my sister. Wow. Yeah. But she adopted uh, my adopted mom adopted siblings together. Yeah. So wow. It's certainly different. <laughs> it's different because everybody's come coming from a different background. Yeah. Some had it worse than others, but you got a story.
0: Now at that did you at that moment when your mom said I, I couldn't do this, did you take it as um, she couldn't I I won't.
2: I took it as I don't want to grow up and take on the responsibility that I decided to lay down and bring into this world.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's what made me so upset. I like God didn't ask you to have me. Yeah. I didn't ask you. You know, not trying to be mean. Like if she's listening, to, like if she listens to this, like I'm just being <laughs> honest and raw, which I am with. Anybody, Like, I'll be honest with you about my past because it affected me in a way that nobody else can understand. Nobody else can tell me, oh, I know how you feel. I know, you know, I know what you went through. Not even the next adopted child, because our stories are different. We encounter, you know, different events in life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I took it as an easy way out. 'Cause I see mothers that have nothing. My mom is very smart. Like when I say smart, my mom can do anything.
0: Yeah.
2: But whenever you're focused on trying to, you know, meet the expectation expectations of your friends and all that, and you forget the true responsibility that you have. I feel I feel like You'll find an easy way out anything to live the life that you want to live without taking like without looking at the kids that you have that are looking at you
1: because
2: mm-hmm. we mimic what you do. And that's kind of the issue that I'm having now, like with my siblings. I'm just like, I, and I tell her all the time, I'm just like, what you do, they're going to do the same. Like you're you're going to be the mirror image of what they decide to do as they get older and as they're able to make their own choices and their decisions I didn't have that what I saw is what I know I did not want to be
1: Yeah.
2: and I said that for the longest like even in my counseling sessions I was like no I don't want to be like her I'm not I say, I'm not mad at her I love her and, but for the longest time I couldn't even say that like it's hard when I'm my mom's oldest daughter And I've had an issue with, how do you feel weird with telling your parent that you love them?
0: Yeah.
2: That's an uncomfortable feeling. It's like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to tell my parents that. Like, I'm supposed to feel good about telling my parents that I love them. But what did you actually do to show me that you love me? I can say that you provided another opportunity for me like mm-hmm. letting me, freeing me, and letting me be with my adopted family, mm-hmm. but is is that love, like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: is that love, so that's why I said we search, we search for a lot of things that we don't know the answers to, that we think we know the answers to, and that's, that can be in feelings, you know. We're just guiding ourselves. We just search. And I feel like she was doing searching. You
0: ever imagine. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Will you ever imagine what life would have been like if she would have just took you all in?
2: I mean, honestly, nothing has changed. On that end. Like my my biological mom. Mm -hmm. She would just kept us. It wouldn't have been good. I could have possibly been pregnant. Uh, Not saying I would have been on drugs, but... (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think that I would have been completely focused in school. Like, who knows if I would have graduated high school. Like, who knows that I would have made it out of middle school. Because if... If if I was going to be around what I did not want to be. I was just gonna conform to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I was just gonna become it. Because at that in that moment, that's all you know. If you're not taught something different, you're only gonna go with what you know. Yeah. That's why I like Plato. <laughs> I like Plato. <laughs> Cause talking about that enlightenment yeah. <laughs> knowledge. I guess it's all about knowledge and what you're exposed to. And if you're only exposed to negativity,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you only know what to take from it. Yeah, <laughs> You repeat it. I didn't want to be a repeated cycle. So I was trying to break it. And luckily, I guess, unluckily, <laughs> I was adopted. <laughs> but if I was still at home, it would... It would not be good. Mm-hmm. I tried to go back home as an adult. I didn't last a month.
0: And this is the biological mom? Mm-hmm.
2: Nothing changed about the environment. Nothing at all. So, from me being adopted for 13 years, but being in foster care, because I was with my, my adoptive mom for two years before I got adopted.
1: Hmm.
2: that whole time you telling me that there were no changes that could be made yeah you're able to keep a job and stay stable and you know provide for your family but at the same time they're raising themselves so nothing changed it's kids raising kids and that's what I had to go through
0: Yeah.
2: that's why I mean I, I commend my sisters because they, they're they tough they're mm-hmm. tough and I can say that my biological mom is tough too like she's strong but sometimes the decisions that you make I feel just you're not looking out for others' interests you're only looking out for your own and I feel like all of her moves are selfish
0: I remember um, when you're young and you're deprived of that parental connection where mm-hmm. you could just have access to your your parent, mm-hmm. your your biological parent. When they remove themselves, is like you say, that's the instinct to get upset. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, like when my dad, I it's because it's a it's a necessary evil. In mm-hmm. retrospect, especially when you get older, yeah, and you're like, man, I wouldn't be who I was if that wouldn't have
1: happened.
0: Right. And it's sometimes hard to be like, man, it's just. Even as an adult, sometimes I just sometimes I just don't get it. Like, why, why? Right, question but, everything. <laughs> so I, I, I thought about it, and I was like, if he was there, I wouldn't be who I am. Right. Because as a young man who needs answers from another man, that was going to be my source. That would have been dangerous for me. So, like, for you, you knew that if you were in that environment, you would have adapted, and at some point... You might have thought that, yo, know, this is all I know. This is all I see. And the cool thing about it is you're not resentful. You're not hateful. You're not spiteful. If anything, you, you give anybody in your position, to be honest, had every right to be selfish, mm-hmm. especially at this point. But you're not. And that's what makes this so beautiful. Because people can look at you like, I had no idea just like the people that you ran into, you had no idea they yeah, were out no doctor. idea. No idea whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to ask you this one last thing. And this is in reference to the event next week. Yeah. Um, why, what, in, what has inspired you to not only bring that to, um, I guess, to the public, to represent that, but what is your drive being somebody that survived that, what is your primary objective as far in life pertaining to other kids who will possibly, unfortunately, they might be neglected by their parents right. and have to go through the same thing you went through. So what what motivates you to push this this um, this issue?
2: Right when I first when I first um, heard about the internship through the school, yeah. like went Together We Ross, I was just like, oh, yeah. And then I looked into it. and I was just like, it's about foster kids, adopted kids. You know, I've never thought that I would want to be an advocate for it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I love the reach out and all that stuff to create a better opportunity and to give them a chance because that's my thing. It's, my thing is being the difference. Yeah. Um, I love, like, I love, and I that's something that I take from my adopted mom. Like, I love Freely. Regardless of if anybody deserves it, I still love
1: yeah. because
2: I still find you know that something in somebody, mm-hmm. and somebody found that something in me, yeah, so I wanted to be that somebody that finds it in the next kid and you know create that domino effect mm-hmm. but I um I felt like it was a way for me to not only just reach out to a community after I did the statistics here. It was twelve thousand kids. In the state of Georgia. Well, actually, not state of Georgia. Between Richmond County, McDuffie County, Lincoln County, Warren County, and Columbia County. 12,000 kids in the foster system since as of January 1st, 2016. Wow. And I'm just like, what's changing? Yeah. They send you back to these homes. If they know that the situation isn't good for you and let you still be there just to come back and get you again, just to, you know, like you're, you're repeating the cycle over and over and over again. Like you leave one foster home, they give your parents the opportunities to get it together 30 days. Okay. You can go home 60 days. You can go home. They put you on a care plan. Each time that you're put into the system, you're on a care plan. And each time that you're putting in there, they refer back to the last time that you were in there. So it was just a book.
1: Yeah.
2: I, had a, I had a book
1: <laughs>
2: in Warren County's defects office. Yeah. They had all the information. They take pictures of you when you first go into the Like, it was just so much. And I'm just like, there's kids out here going through that that I might pass by every day within my own community. And what am I doing to make a difference if I was once in their place? So, it, like, it, what's really pushing me is, like, at the end of all of this, yeah, even if I make a difference in one person's life,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's enough for me. But I'm not trying to just stop there.
0: Yeah.
2: Hopefully, this will lead me to my sister and my brother. Hopefully, i get to see them. Hopefully, I'll get to meet them and talk to them and, like, just grow. Like, I want to watch them grow. So, that's my drive, like. I wanna be reconnected and I wanna also be able to tell my story and my siblings to tell their story, those that were adopted and those that weren't, because those that weren't adopted that we weren't able to, you know, be raised with, they were affected by it too. Yeah. People don't look into that. You know, people don't ask those questions. Well, how did you feel being on the other end of the stick when you were with your parent who wanted you, but you had to watch your siblings be raised by people that they did not know. So, I just wanted it to kind of be like a way to bring the community together and enlighten them on the issues that we're facing here in Augusta, but blinded to. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I'm always trying to be the face behind the mask, and like I just want to remove it. Like, mm-hmm. why not?
0: Yeah.
2: So that's my drive.
0: Cool. Well, um. Thank you for your time. And I, I'm pretty certain there's still a lot more to that. Yeah. But for the, yeah. That's the basics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the basics.
0: And I'm pretty. I'm personally looking forward to you getting in contact with other kids, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have questions, and yeah. you'll be able to supply those answers based off your experience. And um. Giving them the opportunity to know I'm not alone. Right. That I can make it through this. And I know this... I can only imagine how depress, depressing it can be when you don't have a voice as mm-hmm. a kid and you don't have any say-so about where to go. At all. And it seemed like everything depends on the potential parent. Mm-hmm. So that makes a huge difference. So... Um... Look out for the um, event for next week. Again, we're going to be posting information. I'm obviously sure she's going to post some more. and She's going to share with me anything that needs to be distributed. Right. And, um, yeah. Again, you've been listening to a segment called Your Story. And um, you had the opportunity to meet Alicia Freeman. What was the middle name again? No, I'm sorry. What's the... uh? Your but bo- was your, My bo- bo- yes. yeah,
2: it's Alicia Hatcher Freeman. Hatcher Freeman. I'm hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody think I'm married, but I'm not. <laughs> so yep.
0: But uh, all right. Well, you all have a blessed day.